The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. The Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by our friends at Bet Bet BetOnline knows you might not be able to get out to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head on over to BetOnline today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. What's up, guys? Feliz Navidad. Merry Christmas. Uh, or in this case, Merry Christmas Eve uh, to those of you out there uh, listening in uh, podcast land. And um, whew, let's go ahead and, and you know, uh, pardon my um, shortness uh, today. Uh, I have seemed to uh, come home just in time to catch the tail end of my dad's uh, cold. It's just a regular cold. I don't have COVID. But, um, you know, so sore throats, you know, I got, you know, fever, the sweats. Oh, it's it's the good it's the good stuff. You know, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, right now I, I, I sound OK because I just drank a half a gallon of hot tea to loosen up the throat a little bit. And, uh, you know, so I could get this uh, done. It's like um, I recorded my interview with Colton last night on Tuesday and, um, you know, I, I could feel it coming on. You know, you you feel that little tickle where you know where that you know, the beginning of a sore throat, uh, kind of thing, and and it was just uh, you know I went to bed, I woke up this morning, it was full blown, and uh, it's kind of been uh, it's kind of been increasing as we go along. So hopefully uh, today was the worst of it, so that I can record the deep dive preview uh, tomorrow, uh, so that you know we can drop that on Friday. Uh, for you guys, but honestly, guys, don't be surprised if uh, you know if tomorrow is worse than today. Then there might not be a deep dive this week. I'm just just putting it out there, and not because it's Christmas, but because you know I haven't been sick all year in a year where a lot of people have been getting sick, and of course, I wait until Christmas to have my first like cold uh, of the year. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, um. Anyway, uh, not a whole lot to uh, talk about here, guys, or, you know, to, to preface or anything uh, like that. Um, you know, I had a lot of fun talking to uh, Colton, if you guys remember, for some of my OGs out there. We had Colton on back in 2016, the last time we played uh, the Jaguars. And, um, you know, so it was nice to uh, be able to, to bring him back uh, to the show. And, and, of course, we talked a lot about Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, now that that's a very real possibility – for the Jaguars, they're the leader in the clubhouse uh, for uh, Trevor Lawrence and having that number one pick. And and what were his feelings? And and I know that I've made a big stink, especially this year and, and in the years past, about, you know, like I don't want to see my team tank. Anyone who wants their team to tank is a fool. This is, you know, to just you know, call me a hypocrite if you want. This is different. This is different. This is a chance, you know, if you lose the last two games, you get the number one pick and a shot at the – uh, next uh, so-called generational once-in-a-lifetime quarterback, the next Peyton Manning, the next Andrew Luck. You know, um, 
it's um there to, to my in my opinion there's no wrong answer you know because i was i asked colton right off the bat you know there's i because I, I feel knows there's no wrong answer here you know if if you're like to hell with that i want my team to win you know all that kind of stuff blah 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 i don't i wouldn't fault you for that and i certainly in this instance wouldn't fault you for saying you know what i do want us to lose those last two games because the season is as over as over it can be. Basically, the, the guys are just out there playing for personal pride and, uh, and, and a paycheck and nothing else. You know, there's, there's, there's nothing else out there for them to, to do other than maybe ruin uh, the Bears' chances this Sunday and then maybe, uh, you know, keep the Colts out of the playoffs or give them a lesser seed next week when they finish up the season with Indianapolis. So, you know, the Jaguars don't have anything to play for right now and motivation to win as an organization probably not great I mean we talk a lot about that and uh, the situation that Jacksonville is in and, and everything and, and I really enjoy talking to him is really it's a unique perspective because we also get into a little bit about what it must be like for the players you know who are kind of caught in the middle here you know they're they're in the midst of a 13 game losing streak then and now it's gotten to a point where their own fans don't even want them to win because their fans have already checked out on this season and are looking forward to 2021 so um you know like what what kind of spot does that put them in and you know the the whereas what you know they were just a bad football team before with the jets losing or excuse me the jets winning and putting them in the number 1 spot now the national spotlight is on Jacksonville because they're the front runners for this Trevor Lawrence uh, sweepstakes now. So it's, uh, you know, where it was, they were just having a bad season kind of quietly in the background. Now they're in the forefront and everybody's watching them to see if they will lose so they can take advantage of the Jets just winning a football game all of a sudden and putting them in the number one spot. So we talk a lot about that. We do dip into the game from time to time to talk about what we may or may not see uh, on Sunday how Colton feels about it, and, and what he wants to see the Jaguars do uh, on Sunday. Spoiler alert, he's a Bear fan on Sunday, just so you know. So anyway, let's go ahead and get to it. Myself and Colton from Big Cat Country previewing week number 16 between the Bears and the Jaguars on the Bears Talk Underground. Week 16, the penultimate of the NFL schedule, has our beloved Chicago Bears traveling down to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars in a game that means a lot to us and not much to Jaguars fans. I mean, there's one turnout I think most of them want to have, and I think one of them is the guy that I have on the phone with me right now from uh, Big Cat Country. It's uh, Colton Football, my man here. Colton, how are we doing? Doing great, yeah. I mean... Like you said, definitely more implications for you, but also potentially major ones for us, even though we're terrible. So you looking know, I, forward to being on the show. I appreciate it, man. And, you know, I, I, I would ask you where you come down on the uh, Trevor Lawrence stance, but then uh, before we started talking, I was checking out your tweets, and it's it's pretty obvious uh, what side of the fence uh, you are on uh, as far as, your, your you know, the Jaguars and, and you know, Maybe not being the worst thing in the world if they lose to the Bears on Sunday. No, but I can tell you it would be just about the worst thing in the world if we uh, were to win against the Bears on Sunday. So, And I can tell you, you know, this is coming from somebody who South Carolina is my alma mater. So I've right. bent the knee to Trevor Lawrence long ago, and uh, 
my only hope was that maybe we'd have a chance to draft him in Jacksonville, and maybe, just maybe, that hope will come true. We'll see. Well, you know, I've, uh, you know, personally, I've never been one to subscribe to the I want my team to tank, but this is kind of like a special circumstance here to the yeah. point where well, I'm of, of the thought that with the position that the Jaguars are in, as a fan, there's no wrong answer here because I, I wouldn't mind you or fault you for saying to hell with that. I want to. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. To see my team win, I don't want to watch them lose, let alone watch them lose on purpose or anything like that. And at the same time, I don't think it's the wrong stance to be like, you know what, dude? I don't care if we win. Uh, you know, it, it's not. It, I prefer that we lose because we get a shot at, at the next once in a generation quarterback if yeah. we hang on to the spot that we're in. So it's it's kind of a weird spot Jaguar fans are in. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. Kind of thing. Yeah, and you know, I tell you what, Larry, when you watch enough years of Byron Leftwich and you know David Gerrard as right. your best quarterback in the last two decades and Blake Bortles and Blaine Gabbard. And, you know, obviously this year, the laundry list of quarterbacks we've gone through, it could, it gets to the point where you go, you know, this type of opportunity to get it, like you said, once in, in a generation guy hasn't come across our franchise and certainly doesn't come across very many franchises plates very often. So, you know, what's two more losses in the grand scheme when you're talking about our ownership being, you know, basically the losingest ownership ever to exist as far as Shad Khan goes when, since he's bought the team. So I think most of us can see the bigger picture having been beaten down in our fandom for so many years and we're ready for, uh, for a change. And the only way that's going to happen is, as you know, in the league um, with a franchise quarterback and Trevor Lawrence is certainly a good start. Yeah, because uh, we were talking just before, uh, you know, and and unfortunately I brought up the the Jags in 2017 coming up short in the AFC Championship game and, you know, being basically being a half away from uh, overcoming the Patriots and playing the Eagles in the Super Bowl uh, that year. And I don't th- – it wasn't Bortles that lost them the game, but it's everyone that's kind of always been the thing, like the one thing that kind of held Jacksonville back from being – 
you know, better or more successful was, you know, Blake Bortles not panning out as the franchise quarterback you guys drafted him to be? Well, and I think it was a really confusing message because, you know, after that game where basically they took the ball out of his hands and, you know, to counter you there, I would say we were 10 minutes away from being in the Super Bowl. Oh, no, you're you're probably right, yeah. And, you know, Miles Jack, obviously – the Miles Jack wasn't down was a was a yeah. popular T-shirt in Jacksonville and still is to this day and probably will be forever. That's a play that'll kind of always haunt us. But as far as Bortles goes, you know, you take the ball out of his hands, you run four net three times and punt, and you do that twice. And obviously, we know how that goes. That wasn't the first time that Belichick has capitalized on a team uh, going conservative. But then after that, after you basically send the message that Bortles isn't to be trusted in those situations. You go out and extend him and you pass on Deshaun Watson and um, Patrick Mahomes in the draft and, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson and a few of these other guys that they passed on, you know, that's very confusing messaging. Is is he the guy or is he not? And I think, you know, they kind of got caught in between. And then when he wasn't the guy, uh, everything fell apart. So um, certainly it's been a comedy of errors since that day, unfortunately. And um, it looked really good for a second. And then, like you say, you know, in this league, I got a bunch of texts that day from friends and, you know, my people that are, you know, my Jags fans saying, hey, we'll be back. And as you know, it's not easy to be back. And we certainly haven't been close since. Well, I mean, we we had that same thing the year after in uh, 2018, you know, the Khalil Mack trade, the first year with Nagy. We kind of took the NFL uh, by storm, uh, then we yeah. were sandbagged by you know a less than mediocre kicker in a game that we should have won, and who knows what happens if we do. And then it was like you know what, 2019 was the year I was looking forward to anyway because it was year two with all these guys yeah. together and you know all that kind of stuff. We're in the system, blah blah blah, so on and so forth. And then you know we were uh, we were lucky to be eight and eight last year and it it was you know this year for the most part we start out five and one okay great you know we're somewhat everyone likes to call us the works five and one team ever and then we prove them right by going on a six game losing streak but here we are now we're finally turning some things around we're finally moving the football we're finally scoring points and we're still in the playoff hunt somehow even after a six game losing streak in the middle of the of the season but you know, we didn't well, come back. You know, we didn't come back the way that everyone thought we were going to. And, you know, right. with the Jaguars, you guys basically started dismantling the team almost immediately, like just started selling off pieces and, you know, Ramsey was gone. And everybody that was, you know, um, important in 2017, just slowly but surely being chipped away, like they were already building for this coming off season three or four years ago. Yeah, and I think the it was really the, the Tom Coughlin way that soured a lot of the players. And, uh, you know, like you said, that, that defense, as people well know, was, was stacked. I mean, you're, yeah. there was, I think, seven pro bowlers on that defense that year. Uh, certainly the best we've ever seen in, in Jacksonville. And then, like you said, to, today, only a few years later, not a single player from that defense is, uh, as far as the pro bowlers, is still around. So, um, you're right. You know, it was a horrible mismanagement on basically all levels. And you talk about, you know, dismantling because it's not like the Jaguars in 2017 were a team that was full of old players that was kind of, yeah. you know, 
seeing their window pass them by. It was a, a young foundation of players that was supposed to be good for many years to come. And that just, like you said, it, it evaporated basically overnight. And uh, now you're looking at, you know, being the first pick in the draft. Um, but I was really interested in this Bears conversation, especially because, you know, you, you're the expert on that. And I've, I've always enjoyed watching the Bears, especially um, it, it, it's, you guys are in an interesting position because it seems yeah. like you're kind of in the, the quarterback purgatory spot, but your defense is so good and you have enough pieces in place where Trubisky seems to be playing pretty well now and yeah. you have a chance to make the playoffs. So it's an interesting spot to be in and yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued to hear your thoughts. Well, I mean, it's 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 insane. I was just talking to a buddy of mine the other day about how how crazy it is that how quickly the narrative has changed. Because two weeks ago, when we lost to Detroit in Chicago for our sixth loss in a row, everybody was fired. Nobody's coming back next year. I mean, all the way from the team president down, you know, Trubisky's gone, the whole nine yards, everybody's gone. You know, and I'm reading articles from beat writers about, you know, who we can sell off to get, you know, draft assets. Akeem Hicks is gone. We're trading Khalil Mack. We're, we're sending Kyle Fuller elsewhere, you know, right. just building up picks to kind of rebuild this football team, all the candidates on who the head coaches and, and GMs are going to be and all that kind of stuff. Then we beat Houston. That quiets down a little bit because all of a sudden we're just, just literally on the outside of the playoffs. Then we beat Minnesota. All of a sudden that conversation is over. We're not talking about replacing anybody or sending anyone. There's extension talks now uh, for Trubisky and bringing him. Do we bring him back on a real contract? Do we franchise him, you know, make him prove it one more time and all that kind of stuff? It's amazing how quickly it changed from where it was three weeks ago to where it is right now. I mean, because I even saw a tweet yesterday, and I really wish that I could find it again. Somebody laid out a scenario where the Bears could clinch the playoff berth on Sunday. Like, if we win, right. the Cardinals lose, and then there was one other domino that had to fall, we're in, and Week 17 <laughs> against Green Bay doesn't matter. It's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's like, just yeah. like that, we're in? It's like, that's crazy. So was, I wish I could find that tweet again, but it was just like, uh, three weeks ago, everybody's fired. It's going to be a fire sale. You won't recognize the Bears next year. To all of a sudden, yeah. we're, we can clinch a playoff berth on Sunday if that guy's scenario uh, falls into place so it, it's amazing how right. how um, how quickly though those things have changed and um how much has changed in such a short period uh of time so i mean it's it's been it's been crazy to watch it all unfold that way you know no and, doubt it's yeah so pretty, pretty fascinating and especially because you know even though like you said we're in different conferences our teams have some interesting crossovers with yeah. obviously guys like nick Foles and i mentioned kind of a as you said, the the dismantling of the the nucleus of that young Jaguars team, one of the first dominoes to fall even before the 2017 run was Allen Robinson. And, uh, you know, he became disenfranchised with us and ended up going elsewhere. And I think that was a head scratcher for a lot of people because, you know, Allen Robinson was the first thousand yard receiver we had in Jacksonville since Jimmy Smith in 2005. I mean, it had been a 10 year drought. So you finally get a stud and then he's walking I think that was kind of the first sign that we probably should have listened to early on is this management doesn't do a very good job of retaining their good players, and obviously that would be a problem and a poor tenor of things to come. 
Yeah. Well, he's kind of in that mode right now, or at least he was during that losing streak where we haven't yeah. signed him an extent to an extension. There were talks. There weren't talks. They've that they've stopped and blah 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 and. You know, it's like we don't know where we're at with Allen Robinson. Maybe he's the one that gets the franchise tag so we don't let him get away and, you know, right. all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's it's going to be a very, very interesting off season, And it all still might happen. We could lose these next two games and everybody gets fired anyway, or we could win them all and they all get extensions and stuff like that. So who knows? Right. It's going to be a really crazy uh, winter in Chicago, that's for sure. So, But, you know – Speaking of the future in 2021, you know what you want to have happen. You, you guys lose these next two games. It's a virtual lock that you've got yep. the number one pick. You know, you're going to go after Trevor Lawrence. I mean, wh- number one, it, if the Jaguars would even entertain a trade, it would have to be like the most monumentous trade in the history of all trades yeah. to justify yeah. coming off that spot and giving up uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence. But um, – yeah. Who is the general manager? Who is the coach that you guys want making that decision? Are, are there know, candidates it's, it's out a, there? It's a, that's a great question. And um, I made a joke the other day. I, I think I actually tweeted it, um, you know, because I saw some murmurings about, you know, what would it take to move out of that spot? And I, I said, you know, if you could hold a gun to my head and, and say, you know, trade the pick and I'd say pull the trigger because I don't think there's really any price. <laughs> that um, I would take to move out of that spot with Trevor Lawrence on the right. board. And so I think with that being the case, there's some peace of mind. You know, you could basically have a monkey pick, making the pick and, uh, you know, throwing darts. And, you know, it's tough to make to get that one wrong. Right. Uh, I saw today, I think, Lewis Riddick from ESPN um, had been interviewed today for the GM spot in Jacksonville. I'm not a huge fan of his evaluations. Um, he was a guy who, you know, to, to pull some receipts on him that I just remember off the top of my head, you know, he was not uh, not a guy who was high on Jalen Ramsey. Um, he was a big Blake Bortles guy, uh, was a, a big a big fan of that pick and a few of the other bad picks that we had over the years. Um, so he's not a guy I have a lot of confidence in. I kind of hope he's not the guy, but even if he is, you know, I don't think anyone would be hopefully dumb enough to pass up the Lawrence pick. And then as for head coach, there's all kinds of different rumors that, you know, you've kind of seen pop up. I saw, things, you know, talking about Davos Sweeney today. Right. I've seen, you know, Urban Meyer's name even pop up. <laughs> um, the one thing that is for sure is, uh, you know, say what you want about the, the franchise historically, but you're talking about a situation that has, possibly the number one pick um it's gonna have two first round picks two second round picks uh at least two fourth round picks the most cap space in the league next year mm-hmm. so there's a lot of um you know a lot of uh, attractive things about the position coming into it and obviously with a generational quarterback there at number one um i would think it's going to be a valuable job so hopefully we kind of have our pick that uh you know, we'll see. I, you know, you've obviously guys like Eric Bieniemy; those types of names float around as head coaching candidates. But it remains to be seen at this point. Um, you know, we're right now we're cheering for Doug Marone to do his duty on his way out, and um, 
you know, get him in the ring of honor if he's able to lose these last two games. That was the tweet that I was going to mention. It's like you said that if if Doug loses these last two games, he's more ring of honor worthy than Mark Brunel, and I'm not even kidding. That's great. That was so great. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, I, I can't imagine there isn't a GM candidate out there that wouldn't find this job intriguing because we, you, you just you listed all the all, all the assets, two first-rounders, two second-rounders, uh, two fourths, and I think I even heard like two fives and two sevens on top of everything else, the most cap space and all that kind of stuff. You literally get to mold the franchise in your own vision from the beginning, so it's not like you even have to – you know, cast a bunch of guys out. That job's pretty much been done already. You're right. the one that really gets to build the foundation with with this head coach, with this quarterback in, in Trevor Lawrence, and build the franchise up from there. They would be basically be all of your guys. So it wouldn't even mean like what Ryan Pace had to do, where he had to kind of purge some of the guys that Phil Emery and, and Jerry Angelo uh, brought in and start bringing in his own guys and start – you know, building in draft assets and bringing in free agents and things like that, you literally basically have as clean a slate as you're going to have in the NFL from the jump. So I can't imagine there isn't a GM candidate out there that wouldn't take Jacksonville's call right now. Completely agreed. Completely agreed. So, uh, you know, with that being said, can can Khan make the right hire? Um, you know, we'll see. His track record isn't very good. Yeah. Uh, when you talk about the Gus Bradleys and the Doug Marones and – as long as we kept Dave Caldwell and then bringing in Tom Coughlin, which seemed like a good idea at first when we went to the AFC championship. And then quickly we realized that probably wasn't the the right way to do it. Drafting running backs in the top five and saying, we're going to run the ball 40 times a game. (laughs) Um, That's, that's a tough sell in this league, although Tennessee seems to be able to do it pretty well. But uh, you know, we'll we'll see. Khan has a lot to prove. And like you said, about as clean a slate and as, as good an opportunity as there's going to be in this league. So this is going to be a very telling offseason in Jacksonville. Yeah, and also you're in the AFC South. It's not exactly a stronghold in the NFL right now. It's not like you have to unseat the Patriots or, you know, the up-and-coming Bills or, or, you know, the Dolphins are looking pretty good this year. You're in a division that, you know, it's – it's basically anybody's division. You, you, it, they're cool. not so. Everybody's not so far ahead everyone else that it just it's an impossible thing to imagine that a year or two from now the Jaguars could be the number one team in that uh, in that division. It's it's the, you know the the disparity between the teams isn't so great that that's not possible. So right. uh, you know that's why I think that job would be so intriguing. Is it's in the AFC South, so it's not a big division where you have to go through you know, the Chiefs and the Broncos and the Raiders and, you know, and all those other teams uh, to claim a a division championship. It's, you know, not to mention the assets and the money and all that kind of stuff. It's like, I, you know, hell, they offered me the job, I would take it. You know, there's just no, I don't even know what the hell I'm doing, but I'll, I'll make it work. You know, it just, it would be hard to screw that up the first time around. So you you would think, you would think. Yeah. So, you know, let's talk about this team, you know, because week one, they kind of shocked the world and, and beat the Colts. No one was really expecting that Gardner Minshew almost has a perfect game. It was like 19 of 20 or something yeah. like that. Um, you know, it, it's, it, you, you kind of run over the, the Colts. You, you win that game, and everyone's like, oh, man, are the Jaguars going to be a team this year? I mean, wow. And then here we are 14 weeks later. Uh, the answer is a resounding no, uh, not at all. So 
yeah. you know, was was it a week one fluke? Did they play well enough to win? Did the Colts lose the game? Did the Jaguars win it? What was the difference between what was happening then and what's been going on the last 13 weeks? Yeah, you know, I think uh, it was probably a combination of a lot of those things. I think, you know, because even if you look at week two, when we went to Tennessee, um, really tight game, really good performance by the offense, and really a game that the Jaguars easily could have won. And I think, yeah. you know, heading into Thursday night on week in week three, we were sitting there thinking, you know, Gardner Minshew and this Jay Gruden offense look fantastic. And we could easily be 2-0 and right now. And it's a Thursday night primetime. And you've got, you know, all the talking heads on there talking about the Jaguars being a contender in the division. And, um, you know, all of a sudden the Dolphins come out and Ryan Fitzpatrick hangs, you know, 400 yards passing on us and uh, things completely hit the fan after that. But, you know, the, the indie game week one was definitely interesting because again, like most games in the NFL, it certainly could have gone either way. Yeah. Um, but the defense played much better than expected. There was a great performance by CJ Henderson, who was our, you know, our rookie first round pick out of Florida um, you know, things looked good as far as letting Ramsey walk and all these different things. And um, I think they probably played beyond what what their actual level was defensively. Um, but offensively, if I'm, you know, I, I'm not going to say we've been fantastic this year. In fact, we've certainly been less than average over the course of time. But you've seen, you know, some flashes on offense from the Jaguars this year certainly in the in the first part of the year especially where you know we thought for a minute there that the Minshew thing and the mustache and all that was was looking pretty good <laughs> and you know there was there was a lot to be excited about it, it is a but, pretty epic mustache dude yeah it is a pretty epic mustache but that quickly gets old when uh, like you said you drop the next 14 games and certainly it hasn't been all Minshew's fault Right, uh, and he certainly wasn't even the starter for you know for all those games either. But it was uh, it was a surprising start, and I think they showed some real uh, potential in the first two weeks, and then the bottom just completely fell out, and some injuries on defense to a defense that wasn't very good to begin with. I don't think started to happen, and um, you know offensively they just they just couldn't keep up um so before you know it you're uh i guess as it goes if you're gonna start to lose games you might as well lose all of them with trevor lawrence on the board not to go back to that that conversation again but um in that way it's been beneficial but it's certainly been a long year yeah i mean certainly that it's a silver lining but it's not easy having to sit through all of that no 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 no, definitely not well, I mean, as I've been, I mean, I, I keep track of the Jaguars. I've kind of got somewhat of a sentimental attachment uh, to them because, you know, I've, I'm, I've always been a guy that kind of roots for the underdog. And one of my favorite underdogs of all time would be the 96 Jaguars. Oh, yeah. You know, they, they make it as the wild card. They go into Buffalo. They beat the Bills. They go into number one uh, Denver, uh, you know, knock off the number one seed and go to the AFC championship game and all their second year uh, in existence and it's you know McCardle and and Brunel and you know Tony Baselli who I was in love with because being a you know fresh out of high school playing playing left tackle in high school myself Baselli was like a god to me you know watching Absolutely. him just 
you know, just ragdoll Bruce Smith in that wild card game and, you know, giving the Broncos all they can handle and going into the AFC championship game, I was all about the Jaguars winning that game. And, you know, I've always been a, a fan of Brunel's and, and things like that. So, you know, like I said, I've always kind of closely watched Jacksonville and we talked like before the 2017 game, I was all about watching, you know, Jacksonville win that game and go to the Super Bowl and, uh, you know, take them off the list of teams that haven't made it to that game and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. So I've been watching you guys this year and, you know, granted one in 13 obviously is not a pretty record. There've been a lot of close calls in the schedule though. I mean, I watched the green Bay game. You gave green Bay all they could handle in Lambeau, uh, a few weeks ago, you took Minnesota to overtime. Uh, you, you know, had that two point nail biter with Cleveland a few weeks back and, you know, two point loss to Houston and everything like that. I mean, the ball bounces a different way. This is a different conversation that we're having right now about where the Jaguars are in the season that they've had and this young scrappy uh, team uh, and everything. So, I mean, it's uh, the one in 13 record doesn't really tell the whole story about how the Jaguars have played this year. I agree. And uh, like you said, it's there as the NFL goes, there's usually quite a few games that you you could look at a team. I think in recent memory, I look at a team like the Lions, especially it seems like every year they have just a, a bunch of nail biting heartbreakers that, um, that, you know, end up, they end up five and 11 or whatever, but they easily could be nine and seven or something. And I think, uh, you know, that that's been somewhat the case this year. There's definitely been games where you can just see that from there's a, there's a talent disparity and especially on defense. um, We just, you know, haven't haven't played well that's kind of been ever since we lost that core of of pro bowlers um todd wash our defensive coordinator has not proven to be able to make very good adjustments um and he's been kind of a guy that i think if you ask most jags fans they'd say they're surprised he still has a job and they'd be surprised that he even had a job coming into this year but um i actually think doug marone is is a pretty decent head coach and, uh, you know, I, I, he's held the team decently well together. I mean, you talk about starting a, a third-string rookie, sixth-round pick, and Jake Luton and all the injuries that, that have been on defense and um, just a lot of things that haven't panned out. I think, you know, certainly he's pr- going to lose his job at the end of the year, and rightfully so, but he's kind of done the best that he can. Uh, but you're right, you know, certain things bounce the other way, and, uh you could easily be looking at a team that maybe could have could have four or five wins at this point right. as opposed to one and obviously that's that's definitely changing the course of the future as it relates to the draft and everything yeah i mean i was just you know as like um like i said as a sentimentalist for the jaguars i was very excited when uh the jets won which put jacksonville uh in there because honestly <laughs> You know, neither team has a great history, but I like Jacksonville's history better than I like the Jets. And I also think, you know, just as a guy who's a uniform snob and everything, I think Lawrence would look better in, in you know, black and teal than uh, than that uh, green that they got happening up in in, uh, in New York. So uh, I, I, I prefer to see him in Jacksonville as opposed to uh, the Jets. I mean, I, I just uh, – I would just prefer it. Brother, I couldn't way. agree more. I couldn't yeah. agree more. <laughs> so – you know, like I would prefer to see him there instead of with the uh, the Jets, and I know Rich Eisen would uh, would would disagree with me wholeheartedly 
Uh, but uh, yeah, I thought it was a great development when uh, when the Jets beat the Rams, which came out of nowhere, and uh, it was you know just like a big fu from Adam Gase to the to the organization because they didn't fire him mid season when it was so obvious that they should have made him stick around and keep coaching this team. And the running the running joke in Jacksonville was for a minute there because you know the that, the Vikings game week that you were talking about. Uh, was just a roller coaster of emotions to watch. You know, it's it's very odd and it's already you know weird to root for your team to lose. So that's already kind of taken an emotional toll. Right. And then you're watching the game, and the Jets look like they've got it in the bag against Vegas, right? And the Jags look like they're certainly going to lose. Well, within 30 seconds, we've scored a touchdown, converted a two point conversion to tie it, and then. You know, Greg Williams runs an all-out blitz to right. give up a touchdown as the, the Jets lose the game. And the joke was, well, Greg Williams, not only did he – because the, the rumor is back in 1999 and 2000 when he was with the Titans and they – you know, the Jaguars were 14-2 and two that year and went to the AFC Championship against the Titans. Their only two losses during the regular season were Yes, the I remember that team very well, yeah. Loss. Their third loss was, of course, to the Titans as well. And the rumor was that Greg Williams had copies of our offensive playbook and all this stuff. So the joke was basically Greg Williams has cost the Jags the Super Bowl and now Trevor Lawrence as well. But, uh, <laughs> you know, with him being fired uh, and then the fluke win against the Rams, things have changed. So this is kind of a nice, uh, odd vindication that wasn't wasn't expected. But here we are. I'll take it. So um, on Sunday, who is the quarterback? Is it going to be Gardner Minshew? Is it going to be Mike Glennon? Who who are we playing on Sunday? Yeah, yeah, Minshew should be the starter. Okay. Um, and I think he's the guy through the rest of the year. But, uh, you know, obviously barring an injury, he's had the, the hand thing going on for a while, which seemed to get him in some hot water with the coaching staff. Supposedly he had concealed the injury from them. Um, and, you know, kind of tried to play through it without disclosing it. And then they, wow. they found out that he had the fracture in his thumb on his throwing hand. And uh, I think that got him into some hot water. I think he probably had been ready to play before last week. And just based on the tonality of Doug's, Doug Marone's press conferences, I got the sense that, and just from, you know, hearsay and rumors in the Twitter sphere, um, it seemed like, you know, he was kind of in the doghouse for concealing that injury, which was why Glennon was, was playing. And then, of course, you know, Glennon kind of forfeited the job, and uh, now Minshew should be the guy going forward. Yeah, we're, we're aware of, of uh, Mike Glennon and his talent for forfeiture because <laughs> uh, he, was, he was supposed to be the guy taking the beatings in 2017, um, you know, in, in John Fox's lame, his lame duck year. Uh, as you know, his last year as head coach, and Glennon was so bad uh, that after four games we put him on the bench. You know, we paid him seventeen million to play four games uh, that year, yeah. and uh, then it was the Trubisky show uh, after that. So, yeah, we are well aware of of Glennon and his ability to forfeit the job. It was uh, it was a tough four weeks to sit through, man. So definitely. Well, it, because it also it made me look bad because I'm sitting here on the show and be like, you know what? Everybody just let it go. We're not putting the kid in there. Let Glennon take the bumps. Let Glennon take the heat. We don't want to ruin this kid. We don't want to ruin right, him. We right. didn't have I didn't want the Bears to draft a quarterback that year anyway because we didn't have yeah. 
anyone for him to throw the football to. You know, all we had was Jordan Howard. So they're going to stack the box, nine guys in the box. We're going to run into a brick wall of humanity, three yards of cloud of dust, and we're going to punt. You know, it's like I don't want the rookie having to sit through that. You know, let Glennon do that. He spent his whole career sucking in Tampa Bay. Let him do it for a year in Chicago. Then we'll get, you know, new coach and all that kind of stuff. Get some some tools in there for him and let him take over in 2018. And then four games in, I'm like, you know what? The hell with it. Put him in there. See what happens. It can't be any worse than this. I mean, Jesus Christ. It was it was terrible to watch, man. That's how bad he <laughs> yeah. was. We just get, just get I, him out I of there. I, I can't do this anymore. Just put him out there. The Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online knows you might not be able to get out to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head on over to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Support for the Bearstock Underground is also brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels and helping 2 million men all over the world get rid of the hair on their balls. If you let yourself go in 2020 while in quarantine, Manscaped is here for you to reboot and stay clean and shaved in 2021. Uh, Manscaped is here to give you a fresh start in 2021 with their Perfect Package 3.0 that has all the right tools for the job. Come out of quarantine with clean balls thanks to the Lawnmower 3.0. This waterproof and skin-safe trimmer will reduce nicks to your two best friends. The third-generation trimmer even has a light to give you the glow-up you need in 2021. It's also time to freshen up down there this new year. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And for the -the on-the-go freshness, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. 2020 was awful, so make sure your boys are refreshed and ready for new beginnings in 2021. Manscaped even threw in the uh, in their shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. Speaking of comfort, the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included and are hands down the best underwear you'll ever wear. A guy with hairy balls is like the year 2020. Don't be that guy. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. Make Santa proud. Your balls will thank you. And with that, let's get back to the show. Yeah, I know. And I remember that year, too, because you're right. The covered was was very bare. I think, you know, maybe Kendall Wright was your was your best receiver back then. And uh, that's. That's a tough ask for a rookie or for anyone, really. Yeah. Um, but uh, at, at a certain point, what choice do you have? It's kind of like when in 2011, when the same plan was in place for the Jags with Blaine Gabbert and Luke McCown. And I'll never forget the game when against the Jets, actually, when McCown came out and literally threw three consecutive interceptions on three consecutive throws. And it, at a certain point, it's like, okay, well, Good luck, kid. Get out there, you yeah. know. <laughs> so, like, all right. 
he doesn't want the gig, so go ahead and take it. I mean, good God. <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. All right, so we're going to be facing uh, Minshew, and I and I read yesterday that the, that I mean the one the one of the few bright spots you've had on the team this year is that rookie running back uh, of yours. But oh, yeah. uh, in another stroke of luck for the Bears, a high ankle sprain means he won't be playing on Sunday. So who who are we going to be facing in his stead? Yeah, so you've got um, you got a few guys that are you know kind of kind of no names. In fact, uh, the 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 first guy I don't even know if I can properly pronounce his name, although he's looked somewhat impressive. Agunba Wale, I want to say, is the way you pronounce it. Sure, why not? Um, and then and then Divine Azigbo also you know coming off the bench, kind of two mouthful names that you should see. You might even see Lavisca Chenault get some carries. He's wow, been, you know a guy who uh, has played, you know, we've been lining him up in the backfield a little bit. Sometimes he'll get a carry or, or a wildcat snap. And obviously he did that at University of Colorado. He's been kind of effective in that role. Um, so you might see some of that. But trust me, I uh, the second that I heard that James Robinson had any kind of injury whatsoever, I was screaming to the heavens that, you know, just bubble wrap the guy and, and get him ready for next year because we right. certainly don't. Don't need him out there. <laughs> well, that's quite but a bit of uh, an amazing bright spot. Yeah, I mean, he's didn't he? He's over a thousand yards with just a few games left to to play in the season. I mean, and I, you know, he had a really good day against Green Bay. I watched, I watched most of that game against the uh, against the Packers. I was really impressed um, uh, with him in in that football game. Um, what was that last guy's name again? The third one that you said there, Divine Zigbo. No, no, the one after him, Zigbo. Was like um, Leviticus oh, uh, or something? Like? Oh my God! Yeah, that's yep. quite a bit of alphabet soup you got going on in the backfield oh, there. Yeah. That is, in, you know, from from <laughs> James from James Robinson to all of that. That's that's crazy <laughs> right there. So. Yeah, that's that's a mouthful for sure. Although Chenault has been, uh, you know, he's a receiver, but okay, uh, like I said, he gets he gets some snaps, and he's been a really nice rookie player for us uh, this year when he's been healthy. Yeah, the Bears like to put a wide receiver in the run in the backfield every now and then, and it makes me crazy. Um, <laughs> I love Cordell Patterson. He's an amazing special yeah. teams player, and he does some really good things on offense when we use him properly. But one of the improper uses that we do for him, it's not so much that we put him in the backfield, it's when we put him in the backfield right. because they've been basically stealing carries from David Montgomery just so we could get that Cordell Patterson play. Uh, in there and um, you know especially the last four weeks and when Montgomery's been a beast for the Bears you know like first running play of the game last week he runs it up to gut for 19 yards then he's off the field for the next three plays because Patterson's in the backfield and it's like I I, I, it just it just it just turns my stomach yeah Yeah. why do we keep doing that so and uh, Montgomery's a guy who I really liked at, at Iowa State, and mm. I remember when you guys made that pick, and I, I was a big fan at the time. And obviously Patterson's a guy who has been a gadget player, obviously, like you said, a great special teams guy, but it seems like everywhere he goes, you know, teams kind of try and force him the ball, and he's never been that effective on offense, yet yeah. he kind of continues to get these chances to be force-fed the ball, and um, you know, maybe it's better that he just returned kicks, but um, I'll leave that up to you guys as the Bears fans. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, the funny thing was that uh, he ran the ball just before halftime. He kind of comes up a little lame 
on the sideline was kind of bending his knee. You know, it was, it was obviously he had, he had tweaked an injury of some kind. And in the entire second half, it was the David Montgomery show, and all he did right. was pound it down Minnesota's throat for the rest of the game to total out at 146 yards and 4.6 yards a carry. So I'm hoping yeah. that Patterson's little tweaked in because he returned kicks for the rest of the game, so he he wasn't done, but he was not in the in the offensive backfield. And Montgomery racked up 32 carries, still averaged 4.6 yards a carry. I mean. What yeah. more evidence do you need that he needs to be the guy carrying the ball, uh, you know, 90% of the time? So uh, maybe it was a blessing in disguise. Hopefully the, the, the coaching staff was smart enough to it because, you know, the fact they kept taking him out of those games like in, against Houston and Detroit was making me just flat out insane. Um, yeah. You know, just it was an is there anybody on Jacksonville? I mean, was Robinson a victim of something like that? Or, you know, why isn't this receiver on the field or, you know, anything like that with the, the Jaguars this year? You know, um, I think it's actually been – luckily, Doug Marone is a big James Robinson guy. And okay. it was a big reason why, you know, at the beginning of the year, I think most people were scratching their heads, including me, when Leonard Fournette was just cut, uh, you know, a week before the season started. But they had a lot of confidence in Robinson from the get-go. We had signed Chris Thompson, who would have been our backup running back, but he's also hurt. Uh, you know, from from Washington, he was a Jay Gruden guy that was brought over as kind of the third down back. But I think the plan all along was, after Fournette was cut, that Robinson was going to be the guy. And pretty quickly, we realized that he was no joke. And you know, obviously, he's proven it with he's the you know third leading rusher in the NFL right now. So, um, as far as guys that make you, you know, pull your hair out. Uh, <laughs> It's it's not a team right now that's loaded with quite enough talent to even be able to do that at this point, unfortunately. <laughs> right. But uh, you know, I, I completely see what you mean with Montgomery. And if there's one thing that the Jaguars don't do well, among many things, it's that we don't stop the run very well. So I would think that uh, he would be the guy who will be getting the rock quite a bit uh, this Sunday. I, at least I hope so. <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, the the Bears have been known to uh, to ignore uh, positive trends, so um, you know we'll see. But then again, you know, I, I think that was more of a naggy thing, and Bill Lazor's calling the plays these days. So, you know, maybe right. that's maybe that's something we're we're going to get away from. Who knows? But uh, sure. you know, from my lips to God's ears, hopefully. But um, yeah, you know, I mean, I just it's it's it's. I worry about this game for two reasons. Number one, it would be on brand for the Bears to lose on Sunday. For them to for them to get our hopes up for you know, to be looking forward to week seventeen against Green Bay and then lose this game on Sunday. That would be on yeah. brand for the Bears. I mean, that's me what? with glass half empty, you know, being pessimistic and you know, and all that kind of stuff. It would be on brand Brother, for us you- to do it. So, you and I are one and the same because I can sit here and say it would be on brand for us to win and ruin the <laughs> next, you know, 15 years of our franchise. Right. So I, I completely understand where you're coming from. Yeah, that. I mean, and but and the other thing is it's like I, like I'm, when I mentioned before, you know, taking Green Bay down to the wire in Lambeau, you know, taking the Vikings to overtime, close losses, you know, to a to a couple of other teams and things like that, you know, a few uh, a few lucky breaks and we're looking at a completely different season. It's that, you know, 
you guys might be have a talent deficit, but it's it's not for lack of you know desire or or want or you know or anything. It's like you guys apparently are coached well, even though you don't have the talent that you need to win football games because you know these guys are playing for Doug Marone, so you got to give them credit where credit is due on that front. The, the guys are playing sixty minute games; they're just coming up short. Yeah, agreed. And I think in the last couple weeks with the, the beating we took in Tennessee and then obviously in Baltimore last week, the yeah. wheels have kind of started to come off. And uh, the energy of the team is, is pretty notably different, it seems like. And I'm not sure, I mean, because, you know, it, it's always the debate in these situations. You know, well, you, you don't want to tank, and as a, a player is never going to tank. And, you know, obviously the coaches aren't, aren't coaching to lose. But the, the more that you think about it, you know, if I'm DJ Chark and I'm out there thinking, you know, we're one in 14 or one in, 15, one in 13 and Trevor Lawrence is potentially out there, you know, sure your instinct may be to play, play hard, but he's also not stupid. Yeah. And uh, he certainly knows what's at stake as well. So I'm never exactly sure how that goes, but I can, I mean, I would have a hard time thinking that the players can completely tune that out. Um, and I think it's kind of shown through a little bit in the last couple of weeks. We'll see. And obviously, the you know, you guys seem to be pretty hot right now with a yeah. lot to play for. So my hope is that, you know, as the wheels continue to come off of Jacksonville and the Bears heat up and see, you know, you have to look at this game on the schedule as a Bears fan and say, hey, this is – pretty much exactly the type of team we need to play in yeah. a must-win scenario. Um, you know, there's a lot to play for. So well, that's the uh, yeah that it ahead. works out that way. That's the, the, I hope that it works out that way. Yeah, that's the glass half-full glass half side of me. It's right. like this is exactly <laughs> the game we need right now. Uh, a team yeah. that has basically nothing to play for. Or actually, I take that back. A team that has no motivation whatsoever to win a football game other than personal pride. You know, because yep. the season is as over as over can be as far as playoff chances and all the rest of that stuff. It's been 2021 in Jacksonville for about six weeks now. So, you know, yep. it's just been looking forward to next year and, and what can we do to salvage what's left uh, of the season. You know, and all, it's been more like, you know, your football team has been in more of evaluation mode than anything. Who are we keeping? Who we who are not bringing back and so on and so forth, as opposed to you know, building for the future and uh, and things like that. This is exactly the kind of team the Bears want to run into uh, right, right now because we have everything in the world to play for. And yeah. Jacksonville, on the other hand, is merely playing this game because the NFL says they have to. Uh, otherwise, right. they'd be like, you know what? We're good. You guys take this one. We're going to chill out and play yeah. some golf and you know, or something like that. But, um, you know, but like I said, the, the Jacksonville's, you know, Jacksonville plays 60 minutes, so – you know that as as Chris Berman said all these years on that's why they play the games. So uh, right. I'm, I'm sure right. they'll have something to say before it's over. Well, and let me ask you this, and forgive me for not knowing the exact outlook on the NFC playoff picture, but yeah, you know, do the Bears control their own destiny at this point, or do they still need some help, even if they win out? Really, the only help they need, aside from winning these next two games. Uh, is one loss from the Cardinals because apparently we own some kind of tiebreaker over Arizona. I think we have a better conference record than the Cardinals do. So if we both finish nine and seven, the Bears are in, the Cardinals are out. So 
Okay. Uh, th- that's the playoff picture right now. They're they're seven. We're eight. We're a game behind them. But if we if they lose and we keep winning, then uh, our our conference record gets us in, and Arizona's they're the ones planning for twenty twenty one instead. So uh, sure. that's that's the outlook right now. If we go nine and seven. You know, and if Arizona wins these next two games, then the conversation's over, obviously. But right. if we both finish at nine and seven, which is the best the Bears can do here, then um, the Bears are in and the Cardinals are are out. And it's it's it could happen that Arizona loses both these games because they got to play San Francisco, who plays them tough, and you know, still a talented football team. They got a great coaching staff out there. The guy knows what to do. And then they got Week yeah. Seventeen against the Rams, so right. You know, that's yeah. uh, that's not going to be an easy game uh, either. So, I mean, Arizona's got a got two big t- tests ahead of them, and the Bears have the Jaguars and a Packer team that might not show up for Week 17 because they got the number one seed locked up. So it's kind yeah. of all falling into place for the Bears. <laughs> so it's just a matter of us doing what we need to do in order to get the job done as, as opposed to, um, you know, like the Cardinals. They have to win. Uh, and and hope maybe the Bears drop one to guarantee that they'll stay in the playoffs. Sure, sure. So. Yeah, well, I'm, I you know certainly wish you guys the best of luck. And <laughs> this Sunday I'll be a Bears fan, as as odd as it sounds. Um, <laughs> and uh, so with that being said, I hope you guys make it all the way. <laughs> you know what, man? And and I was I was just talking to my dad before I came up here to 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 do this, and I was like, you know, I got a funny feeling that. Uh, he might actually say that, and you did. I'm going to be a Bears fan on Sunday. You know, it's like I get it, man. I do. And and like I said, I, I've never been a proponent of my team tanking because we've been hearing that in, in Bears land since we went 5-5 five and five. when we lost sure. that Monday night game to uh, Minnesota five weeks ago. We've lost four in a row. I mean, it was the worst the team had looked. You know, offensively, we had 140 yards of total offense in that football game. In this, in the rematch yeah. this past Sunday, we had 140 yards in the first quarter. So I mean, that's how things, how much things have changed in the last uh, five weeks and everything. But it's like they've, there have been fans out there that have been in tank mode since we dropped to five and five, and you know, led to hell with it. We'll lose them, I and you know, thinking about Justin Field or, or Zach Wilson or you know, and all sure. all these other quarterbacks and, and all that kind of stuff, and. Uh, you know, it's like the hell with that, man. I want us to win. I don't want to watch us lose. Yeah. To you know, let, let the off season take care of itself. We're not in a spot to get Trevor Lawrence. That happened. That was over with when we were five and one ten weeks ago. That's that's done with. You know, it's like that's the one quarterback that I would absolutely say hell yeah, give me Trevor Lawrence. But we're not in a spot yeah. to do that. So forget about Justin Fields and you know uh, Trey Lance and all the rest of those guys. I. Let's let's go out there and see how many games we can win, and and we'll figure the rest out when the season uh, is over. But like I said, in Jacksonville's case, you know you got a shot at the next Andrew Luck, the next Peyton Manning, and uh, and whatnot. You got to lose a couple of games to do it. Yeah, it sucked to watch him lose, but the reward is is so much greater than than you know winning any one of those two games could be. Totally. And I I even look back to uh, the end of 2011 when we played, you know, the Jaguars were terrible that year. Blaine Gabbert was a rookie and we had Indianapolis at the end of the season. And I remembered as the game started at that point, I wasn't high on Blaine Gabbert to begin with coming out of Missouri. And I certainly wasn't high on him at the end of that season. Um, But he was still a rookie. So, you know, people were saying, hey, you know, he needs to get his experience, whatever. 
But I was sitting there and looking at the situation, and I said, you know, if we win this game, the Colts will have the, will have the first overall pick, and Andrew Luck will be sitting there. And we're going to have to deal with that. You know, as terrible as the Colts were that year, finally, after we had to sit through, you know, freaking 15 years of Peyton Manning right. kicking our ass. Yeah. You know, and then they're staring the next generational quarterback in the face. Sometimes you got to see the bigger picture, and I think that that's exactly what's happening in Jacksonville now. Yeah. So, like I said, I mean, and it's like you you mentioned it with you know the players. It's like you know what they must be going through right now because this past Sunday when the Jets lost and that put Jacksonville in that spot that made the Trevor Lawrence sweepstake a national story for the Jaguars. That put them center stage. Everybody's going to be watching them now because they're in the driver's seat for the number one pick. Do they tank for Trevor, as the Jets had apparently been doing until they inexplicably won uh, on Sunday? You know, Do they hang on to it, or does personal pride take over? To the, do the players in the locker room say, to hell with that? We don't, you know, we want to win. If we, if we get Trevor, great. If we don't, we'd rather win a football game and then, you know, blow that opportunity by actually winning one of these last two uh, games. You know, the, the position that they must be in because the eyes that haven't been on them are on them now. You know, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's a hell of a spot those guys must be in right now. Right. And one of the, the fun stories to kind of watch about this game just from an entertainment perspective, I think, will be the reaction of the crowd because, um, you know, you have fans in Jacksonville. I've been to a few games this year and, uh, you know, it's not a full stadium, but there's 20,000 people in the stadium and you'll certainly be able to hear, you know, when the Jaguars score, the reaction that you might expect is, you know, in a typical game is probably not the reaction you're going to hear from the crowd. And I can only imagine what that'll do to the players and, you know, how yeah. that? What do you think in that situation, right? Yeah. Um, so it should be interesting. Yeah, it it is interesting, and 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 you know that the you know the players do their best, especially at this level, uh, to try to drown out the noise. But I mean, the, we had a moment last year with Akeem Hicks. You know, the Bears were not playing well. That you know they had a four game losing streak in the middle of the season last year uh, as well, and the offense is struggling. They're getting booed off the field at halftime. You know, and Akeem Hicks is going on the radio telling us to stop booing him. Eddie Jackson is getting yeah. pissed off in the media and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's like they don't quite get the the fan perspective, or at least nope. they're forgetting the, what it's like for, for fans. It's like, you know, we're not booing you because we hate you. We're, we're right. booing because we love you and we, we demand better from you so it's just like it, exactly. as, as 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 shitty as it may sound we're booing you to kind of motivate you i'm not going to clap right. you off the field that's going to send the wrong message i'm going to boo you off the field because i want better from you because akeem hicks is like don't boo us come with us it's like we are with you dumbass that's why yeah. we're booing yeah. you yeah. you know we're not exactly. saying we're not saying boo you aren't my team anymore they're saying boo we love you guys you need to play better than this play better next yeah. in the half in the next half, you guys are embarrassing us. Let's do the job, right. you know. I mean, and yeah, I'm at I'm at Soldier Field, freezing my ass off. Yeah, how about you guys play better? That's, you know, <laughs> run the ball, goddammit. it! Stop leaving Montgomery yeah. on the sidelines. Exactly. So, but you know, it's you know, it, I I do um, you know have some sympathy for those guys. The spot that they're in 
now. I mean, it's never easy to be stuck. I mean, especially in an epic losing streak. You win the first game of the season, and then you're on pace to lose the rest of them. That's only been done one other time in league history. You know, the Panthers did it back in like 2000 or something like that. It was insane. They win week one at Minnesota, then lose 15 straight to close out uh, the year. So, And the funny thing was, it didn't even get them the number one pick because – uh, that was the year that Houston joined the the league, so they had the number one pick. Oh, that's right. They had to settle for number two after a fifteen game losing streak. It still got them Julius Peppers, but it didn't get them. That's right. You know, Peppers. franchise yeah. quarterback. So, yeah. You know. Well, neither did the Texans, right? David Carr would have been a big swing and a miss. So maybe right. Peppers was the blessing in disguise. <laughs> well, I mean, Peppers is going to be a Hall of Famer, so yeah, that definitely yeah. did work out. So, but um, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's it's a crazy position those guys. Uh, are in and and uh, you know I hope they still have their wits about them when the season uh, is over and that they can mentally get prepared for 2021 and what's ahead. Exactly, yeah, and it's going to be a whirlwind. Everything's about to change, so um, yeah, we'll 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 have to see. But certainly, you would think there'd be some positive vibes in the building, knowing that Trevor Lawrence is coming. Um, yeah, because you know he's the man. So yeah, well, at least Where's... we hope. Is is Trevor a South Carolina guy? Where's he actually from? He's actually from Georgia. Georgia, um, okay. So he's he's not far from Jacksonville. I think his family is four hours away or something from Jacksonville. So um, I would imagine it'd be a, a good spot for him. But uh, you know, I, it was one of those things where, like I said, I'm a diehard South Carolina fan. I went there um, for school, and yeah, when Trevor came in as a freshman to Clemson. And he started tearing it up pretty quickly. I mean, I'm a Clemson hater. It's in my blood, but <laughs> I'm also a realist. And yeah. I could tell pretty quickly that this was no fluke. And then when he went and, you know, beat Alabama as a freshman in the national championship, I said, okay, well, you know, I think that the the days when I was in school and, you know, Spurrier was dominating Clemson, those days are, are long gone. And, yeah. uh, we're going to have to deal with this kid now for three years. <laughs> right. All right. Well, Colton, I, I look forward to the game uh, on Sunday and uh, to see, you know, just, just to make sure if I can breathe a sigh of relief that the Bears, you know, do what they're supposed to do, do as expected of them. They're seven-and-a-half-point road favorites uh, this coming uh, Sunday. So uh, we'll see if yeah. they can pull the trigger and, uh, you know, make it happen uh, on Sunday. Like I said, I'm I'm rooting for Jacksonville to end up with – uh, Trevor Lawrence I'd prefer to see him in Jacksonville as opposed to in the ugly green uh, you know jet uniforms uh, uh, and everything I would prefer to see that myself so you know I'm 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 rooting for the Jaguars to lose not just because they're playing the Bears but because I'd rather see Trevor Lawrence down there than up in New York well I appreciate that Larry and I certainly wish the Bears the best of luck uh, throughout the rest of the year and hopefully Arizona drops one and you guys can win out and um, you know, get in the dance. That's all you can hope for. Yeah, I think we'd be a very interesting team uh, if we can make it into the into the playoffs because we're kind of we'll, we'll be kind of an enigma. You know, the the, the offense is playing. That you know, the defense. We know what the defense is capable of. You know, they've been giving up a lot of points lately, but you know, not enough to lose, and you know, and things like that. So it it'd be very interesting to see what the Bears could do. I mean, they could very likely be one and done. Uh, in the playoffs, or they could make some make some people nervous by winning a game or two. So, uh, who yeah. knows? But and I, um, and I don't mean to to run you over time or anything, but I, I meant good. to ask uh, how 
how has Deshaun Gibson played for you guys? Because he was one of those those Pro Bowl players on the Jags defense in 2017, and um, I just had remembered that you guys had him. Um, I really have no complaints uh, with Gibson. I was very excited when the Bears uh, signed him. I kind of wish that we had signed him before when he actually signed with Jacksonville. Uh, that's yeah. when I wanted Deshaun Gibson. Uh, but we, we get him now. He's been a very good replacement for HaHa Clinton Dix. And um, the only thing that, uh, that I've said like negatively towards Gibson is that he's missed out on a few interceptions because he's batted the ball down when he had a chance to actually catch the ball. So aside from that, he's, he's been a guy who's racked up a lot of picks in his career. So that's a little, a little bit uncharacteristic of him. Yeah. I mean, especially since he hasn't had many opportunities to pick a pass off uh, in a bear uniform. I think he's only got one or two for the whole season. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was one in particular against the Rams. It was, it was deep in Rams territory and he kind of bats the ball down when, if he, if he puts his hands up, he probably catches it and, who knows what happens if he's got momentum and he can take it back the other way. So, but otherwise, you know, I love the way he tackles. He, you know, I don't really have any complaints uh, for Gibson. I've been, I've enjoyed having him on the team, and, and obviously, there's been a lot of talk about bringing him back next year, and I wouldn't mind that at all. So, sure, sure, yeah, good, good to know. Yeah, so I look forward to having him back, and and you know, Allen Robinson. I don't know what to. I don't. I don't know, man. Um, this is a guy that's that's demanding elite top tier wide receiver money during a season when he's he's definitely making the plays he's the best wide receiver on the team and he's and, and a lot of people can make an argument he's the best player uh on the team but when it comes to making those you know deandre hopkins type catches yeah. he comes up short or at least he has yeah. this year 50 50 balls he's literally had three or four balls ripped out of his hands for interceptions uh this season you know, he's he's not – and then DeAndre Hopkins goes up three guys, he comes down with the ball. It's like, so you yeah. want $20 million a year, Allen Robinson, you got to make those kind of plays, not get the ball ripped right. out of your hands in the end zone. So I would love to see Especially Robinson because, back. So, But he just yeah. – think, I'm thinking he's more realistic about his price tag. So Yeah, that's kind of his game is those 50-50 balls. He's yeah. not a, a burner guy who's going to create a ton of separation. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he's not pulling those down. It's tough to justify the $20 million Right. I mean, he runs great routes. He gets himself open. He makes the catch nine times out of ten. It's just that number ten is those 50-50 balls, and he's lost way more than he's won this year. So, um, yeah, that that's my only issue with Allen Robinson. Otherwise, I'd love to see him back next year. But um, Sure. Anyway, where else can we keep up with you? You know, what's your, your, your Twitter handle? Any place else we can keep up with you, like Big Cat Country and such? Yeah, obviously, you know, Big Cat Country is, you know, where, where you're going to – find all the, the the jazz content and and uh feel free to follow me on twitter at colton football you know i'm usually tweeting something uh pessimistic about the jags at this stage <laughs> but maybe that'll turn around now that uh trevor lawrence could be coming our way but that's pretty much the best place to find me and as always i really appreciate being on the show and look forward to doing it again next year in the super bowl or maybe in four years <laughs> amen to that amen to that colton football thanks so much uh, for joining us, man. We'll see you again real soon. Have a good day. Have a good one. Once again, I want to thank my guest Colton for uh, our Colton football for coming on the show. And, um, you know, 
I think, to be honest with you, man, I, you know, it, it's. I wonder how what the tone of that conversation would have been like had the the Jets lost last week to um, Los Angeles and uh, were zero and fourteen, and uh, you know, did not hand over the number one pick in the draft uh, to the Jaguars. You know, would would he be more of a uh, a fan of, uh, or would he be a Jets fan, hoping that they finally pull it off and and get their win and you know the the bears just go ahead and win so that uh you know uh, it gives us a chance or, or something like that or would he have a sense of humor about the football team or would he be all about 2021 and looking ahead even though he's kind of like all of the above and of right now uh but with the the, the trevor lawrence thing kind of makes this worth it you know it the uh, losing 13 in a row and uh, you know, coming up short in these in these close games, almost beating Green Bay, almost beating Minnesota, coming up short against, um, you know, Houston and uh, Cincinnati, I think, was another one where they came close and uh, and things like that. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence could be the difference in actually getting some of those W's next year. And uh, I wasn't kidding. I wasn't just pandering to my guest when I said I'd prefer to see uh, Lawrence in Jacksonville more than I would. Uh, New York. New York just didn't seem like the right fit for him. I didn't, you know, I just didn't, you know, you see those mock-ups of him in jet uniforms and, you know, people Photoshop him in there. And, you know, when the Jets won on Sunday and, and all of a sudden the mock-ups of him in the Jaguar uniform came out, I was like, yeah, that, that looks right. That one that one looks like an actual fit. It's like Trevor Lawrence with the Jets never made sense to me. So it just, uh, it just didn't work, you know, probably because – I don't know, man. I don't like the Jets, and I just don't see that happening. And I, I didn't want it to, to be honest with you. And uh, you know, like I said, I, I kind of came through. So uh, right now, Trevor Lawrence is set to be a Jacksonville Jaguar, and all the Bears have to do is just let it happen on Sunday. You know, just go out there, do what you got to do, get the game over with, get ready for Green Bay if we need to uh, on Sunday, and. Um, yeah, just get the job done. Still can't find that tweet, by the way. Maybe I imagined it. I don't know. But, uh, you know, the one that says if the Bears win and then we get some, then, you know, obviously Arizona loses and then there's like one or two other things. If they happen, we clinch the playoff berth uh, on Sunday. Not just, you know, not we're in the playoffs, but we're clinched. Like week 17 doesn't matter uh, if uh, if these, you know, if these dominoes fall. So, I really wish I could find that tweet, but I don't remember who who did it. That's the main problem. But uh, anyway, uh, that's going to do it. Uh, Colton was a great uh, was a great talk, man. I had a, a lot of fun talking to him. A uh, good year for guests this year is you know as, as up and down as this season has been. I think I've really been uh, lucky with the guests that we've had on the show. I get a lot of feedback from you guys about you know enjoying the people that I've had. Uh, on the show and it's it's been a blast so uh you know if nothing else uh, i've met a lot of great really uh, really great people or continued conversations with people that i enjoyed talking to uh in the past so if nothing else 2020 was a real good uh year for people as far as this podcast uh is concerned so um anyway guys i'm gonna go ahead and uh wrap it up i uh, got a bottle of nyquil calling me so we can uh, try to alleviate this cold and, and, and get me propped up so I can do the show tomorrow because I'd really like to. So, But again, if it gets worse before it gets better, there probably won't be a um, deep dive uh, tomorrow. And, and I, let me apologize in advance if that happens. I intend to do the show. But like I said, 
Uh, you know, I, I'm one of those people. I very rarely get sick, but when I do, it kind of levels me for a few days. And like I said, I could feel the start of it yesterday. Today is basically day one of it, and usually it gets worse before it gets better. So, like right now, I got a little bit of sweat going because my fever is rising and things like that. So, hopefully, I can muscle through uh, tomorrow and uh, get a deep dive done uh, for you guys before I snuggle into uh, my bed for the rest of the holiday and, uh, you know, see if, uh, the bears can pull this one out on Sunday and, and, uh, you know, basically, um, be the keepers of their own destiny and, and in, in 2020. So anyway, keep an, uh, keep an eye out on the social media at BTU underscore Larry on Twitter. And always there's the Facebook group, just search bear stock underground on Facebook. I will put an update out if there won't be a show. Otherwise, Keep an eye out for on Friday on Christmas Day for the deep dive preview. And uh, if nothing else, we'll see you guys on Monday for Bear Up and Bear Down. So you will see me again. Just when is the real question. So uh, if I don't talk to you before, have a Merry Christmas. I love you guys. Happy New Year. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Chanukah. All the rest of it from the Bears Talk Underground. Until then, this is Larry D. Take care, guys.